Welcome to Monday Mornings with Michelle, the new business podcast. Whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business, Michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours. Strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. Now, welcome to center stage, Michelle Nedelec. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I am super glad that you're here with us today because I have the most amazing guest, Amon. How you doing, Amon? Doing very well. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> awesome. So I'm super excited to have you here today because I know what this is all about, but our peeps don't. So how about you tell us who you are? Give us kind of the 5,000-foot view of who you are and what you do. Sure. So I am a teacher, uh, to put it simply. I was uh, previously building self-driving trucks in Silicon Valley. And even before that, I was a sales executive. I was working uh, in B2B sales for large tech enterprises. And uh, yeah, so after working in Silicon Valley, I realized that there was a huge communication gap between technical and non-technical people. And uh, I decided to start a company that to solve this problem. Awesome. <laughs> now you say that very coyly and it's like, yeah, I got this little thing on the go, but I, again, I think it's super cool. So um, tell us a bit about kind of the, the actual project. How'd you get into it and, and, and why? Yeah, so, well, if you talk to engineers in general, they'll think that everybody who's not an engineer is stupid. Um, and if you talk to salespeople or marketing people, they think the engineers are kind of stupid, you know, like they have a, a weird nerdy people, like an alien race from the future, um, mumbling stuff in meetings. Um, and so me, since I come from both worlds, uh, I quickly realized that this bridge is here to stay for a while. And the reason why most people don't, like from the non-technical side, are not able to be technically fluent is that they think that they have to learn to code and learn to actually become an engineer, which is totally not true. And I like to use the analogy of building a house. If you're a homeowner and you hire an architect and a contractor to you know help build your house, then you don't need to be an expert in architecture or engineering to be able to tell these these experts like, hey, uh, I need you know this many bedrooms. I need a, an island kitchen. I want bathrooms like these. Uh, you can be able to you can guide them and you can understand what they have to say without and that is technical fluency. That is what is expected of you as an executive or a business owner, right? You could go the other extreme and say like, hey, uh, I just want a place to poop and I want a place to sleep and I want a water park in my attic. And that is a, you know, that is a completely, that's an example of not being technically fluent, where you don't know what a house is, is about. And the last thing you've ever seen is maybe a sandcastle on the beach. Um, and so, again, technical fluency is about being able to make high-level decisions as a business executive uh, around technology and have intelligent conversations with engineers. That is awesome. And it fascinates me because I like having a some technical background, like I have taken technical courses before. So I, I understand kind of the gist of what's going on, but I know that I don't know 
what's really going on when you get into like conversations with real computer programmers. Um, and I say mm -hmm. real computer programmers because, you know, I, I could write code, but I wasn't fluent in code and I didn't think the way a real program. <laughs> like, there, there is a vast difference. <laughs> and if you've ever met me, you know that I'm not a quote unquote real programmer. Um, however, mm -hmm. I can, uh, you know, I, I can type some and I can <laughs> copy and paste with the best of them. But um, like, how do you get somebody that's, that is a business owner and they clearly think in a different way, right? They're, they're usually visionaries. They usually have a plan. I love the water park and the attic things. That's usually what they do is they'll come up with something like that. And everybody else is looking around going, you want to what? You want to how? How are we going to do this? And everybody else is stuck scrambling, trying to figure out how to make it happen without, you know, totally destroying the house. And then when it happens, it's like, oh yeah, totally. I could see that. <laughs> how do you get those two worlds, you know, getting together without colliding. Yeah, the first thing to realize is that the business strategy always drives the technical strategy. Um, you make, as a business owner, like, unless you're in the semiconductor manufacturing business, which is, you know, which is probably not your audience, um, usually you're making business decisions first. You understand, okay, the app in the market, this is what my customers need and whatnot. And then you decide, okay, this is what we need to build to serve these customers in the best way, and you know, take it like uh, and get an edge over the competition and so forth. And uh, so the course is also about, you know, how do you how do you derive, you know, technical decisions from business decisions? And so the way you introduce technology to a business person is you don't start teaching them how to code because that's going to take like five years to. You know, be able to make you know, like work up the ranks and become a technical executive. That's not the the journey here. It's about knowing the big moving pieces of technology. Like, okay, I know what a database is. I know what kinds of database there are and what's the main difference that I should care about. I know what is a backend, what is a front end. Uh, you know the basics of how things scale. How to you know what's the difference between building something that's going to be used by five hundred people versus something that's going to be used by 5 million people. Um, so just, again, having these, uh, you know, it, it they almost become like tools. Like, I need a bedroom of this kind because I have a family of five versus, you know, I need a huge uh, ballroom because I'm going to have parties. It's the same kind of, you know, needs into requirements. That's how you teach a, a business person. You introduce concepts technically, but with a business foundation. Nice. And I, I love this because clearly, uh, you know, as a digital marketer and with all of the technicalities that go on, I mean, even though I run the company, I don't know what happens in the technical <laughs> side of the company. And so I can totally sympathize with my clients that are out, like, I just want to save the world. I don't care what you do behind that landing mm -hmm. page. It's, I just need a landing page. I just need somebody to go. And that's usually the conversation we get into is I just need a landing page and they have no idea what happens in the background for mm -hmm. it. And it becomes, uh, the eyes get glossed over super quick when you start explaining how much work is actually involved. They're like, yeah, I don't care. And it's like, yeah, you actually do. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of paramount to how you're running your company right now what they're going to get and how much you're going to be paying for it. Yeah. So like how, how does somebody even engage in that, in that beginning conversation? Like if I'm, uh, I mean, I just send them to you and go, Hey, clearly you need to go and talk to him on and <laughs> come back and we'll have a real conversation. But 
Um, how, how does a kind of normal people start engaging in that conversation? Uh, well, you mean with me, like when, when they're taking my program or just in general, yeah, how they learn? Let's start with you. Yes. Yeah, so, okay, cool. So I get a, a, a good chance to give a free sales pitch early on in the in the episode. Okay, that's great. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So usually I start with a what, a personal assessment where I, I understand what their goals are, what they're trying to achieve. Um, they could be, uh, you know, so if they're already, you know, very technical and they just want to, you know, get more technical, I'm probably not the right person for them, for example. And some people come to me with CS degrees. They just like learned it a, a while back and they learn how to code, but they never learn how to make business decisions as a technical CEO or whatever. Right. Um, so, but that's usually not my crowd. Cause I, I would like, you know, I, I, I charge way much, way too much money for you with a CS degree to actually <laughs> get your value back. Um, so usually it's about, it's, you know, helping the business executive, understand that their goals are, you know, uh, affect how they should learn. Mm -hmm. um, and so, for example, uh, let, let me see. If you want to, if, if you want to go into industry and you want to transform, let's say, a manufacturing process through software, then the things you need to learn are very different from somebody who wants to build an app that helps people find lost dogs or something, right? Um, it's a totally different uh, approach, but and even though technology at the basis it's all the same, uh, I'm, I focus the program more in one direction, like consumer consumer applications or you know large complex systems, depending on what their goals are. But at the end of the day, it's about okay, how do you, how does a computer work? What are the different moving parts? What's the back end? What's the front end? You know. It's and the basics of cybersecurity, like how do you defend your system from hackers? Um, how do you use AI? What does AI mean? Um, why it matters? Yeah, it's just the basic stuff. <laughs> the basic stuff. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah, it sounds basic now. <laughs> very cool. So, who do you see needing this the most? Like, who would your ideal clients be, and and how do they know they need you? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, the, the ideal clients usually are uh, non-technical you know, executives and entrepreneurs, and it's biased towards people who are very entrepreneurial. Uh, they know that they are falling behind uh, their peers who are more technical, and they see how the world is changing, and they feel this a little frustration that they cannot participate in the digital economy or whatever that whatever it's called, um, and they know that you know this is the future, and they need to be they need to be prepared. And so people who are like looking far ahead and they, you know, they realize the implications of not being technical, they, they are usually, uh, you know, my target clientele. And uh, yeah, when they like, when they hear about me, they, you know, usually check out the free resources I have on the website and then they decide if uh, they want to engage further. Cool. So while you bring that up, what's your website? Where do they go to get the goodies? Yeah, it's uh, sandpram.com um, and it has uh, you know, a few resources that may help people. Awesome. We will have that on the website, but it's super easy. It's just S-A-N-F-A-N, -A -A yes? Set in Fran, F-R. Fill it out for us. Yeah. 
never mind the spelling. Yeah, it's just going to be just click the link. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have it on the link for you, peeps. Uh, don't worry about that at all. Or go to awarenessstrategies.com. And in our podcast section, we're going to have Amon's information. Anything, you can probably type in his name or um, uh, technical mindsets. We'll have some keywords there for you to prop it up so you know what's going on. That is awesome. So you, I don't want to ask you again if you already told me this, but how did you get into this? Because I know you got a really awesome story. Well, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I was actually writing these free essays online for like three or four years um, before I started this company. And I didn't even know that I would one day be a teacher or, you know, have a, a comp have, a, have run an education company in the first place. But I was explaining really complex technology in simple word for, you know, everyday people on Medium. And uh, to my surprise, the essays got really popular and they got picked up in the news and I was invited to give free, give guest lectures and university art schools in Japan and organizations. Um, and slowly I realized, I, I thought like, yeah, maybe I'm, I'm not bad at this, you know. And uh, so when the opportunity arrived where, uh, you know, this was a real problem that I, that I saw in the business world, and I saw that there's no other program for this because there's a million and a half coding boot camps and programming classes that you could take. Uh, it's kind of a, a race to the bottom for attention. Uh, if I, never mind, I'm not going to hate on coding boot camps. Um, <laughs> But you know, I, I feel like I should create a program that can address this from a business person's point of view. Um, and that's, and it, to me, it totally makes sense. I mean, I, I don't understand. Well, I do understand why a business owner would go and take a computer course in order to try and figure this stuff out, because there really is nowhere else to go. It's like you either mm -hmm. go and figure out what it is that your IT department's talking about uh, and take the program, because... What I've found is, I mean, there's a reason that techies talk in acronyms because the long version of of what they're saying is ridiculously long if you had to actually say everything out. <laughs> well, we actually did that <laughs> in one of our classes was, okay, let's try having a conversation without using any acronyms. And it's hilarious because I mean, it's just, it's so drawn out and, and half the time it doesn't really the words they're using don't tell you what they're really talking about anyways. So even if you do know what an API is, mm -hmm. it you don't really know what an API is. You still have to yeah. explain what it is <laughs> and go through it. So it's yeah, um, and, and a little entertaining. Like, how do you... Yeah, and even the acronym, yeah. you know, the, the acronym programming, you know, which makes no sense in the first place, even if you know what that is, right? Uh, so I totally get your point. The acronym is actually easier to remember than the full form of that word um, in general. And it, it goes both ways because, you know, I've been in meetings where I use words like ROI and, uh, you know, the CPI, CPI, CPM with engineers. And they're like, whoa, what are you talking about? You know, I've never heard what uh, CPM, CPI. I don't understand these terms. Um, so I have no idea what a PNL is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep, I get in those conversations too. Wow. So on average, like, so you're taking the course with you, and is that set up as a digital program? Is it a one-on-one -on -one with you? How does that all work? 
Yeah, it's a one-on-one program. I like to, so most of the content is very self-paced, but they have a mandatory, pretty much mandatory one session with me every week. Uh, where we actually, you know, practice their technical fluency uh, and they can ask me any questions. And I also ask them questions, you know, to understand where they stand. So it's a lot of nice. assessment. Then so first I address their, you know, their level. I address that with, you know, resources that they need. And then I reassess. So and this, the circle just keeps going on throughout the program so that I, so that I never leave them learning something that they already know or give them too much to learn and they feel like this is, you know, out of their, uh, out of their uh, comfort zone. It's like, and this is a concept I took from language learning. It's called I plus one, where it's always just challenging enough to be exciting and uh, fun, but not too challenging that it becomes uh, uncomfortable. Nice. I love that. Well, and it also makes it pertinent because obviously somebody going into, you know, needing a computer system versus somebody needing like a technical um, you know, manufacturing system, and it's going to be a completely different conversation. And there's no point in, <laughs> in that individual knowing what the other uh, entrepreneurs need to know if it's a completely different business. So yeah, that is absolutely. awesome. Cool. I love it. So I always love to ask people, at what point did you know that you were crazy enough to become an entrepreneur? Uh, as far as I can remember. I I never I do not remember a single point in my childhood when I did not know for certain that someday I would have to start my own company because I just never I just never played well taking orders from anybody else even though that's a terrible reason to become an entrepreneur I think um, it's one of the main ones actually Yeah yeah it's, it's it's a bad reason to become an entrepreneur but you know you make the decision because of this and then you figure out how to be a good entrepreneur regardless uh, and so it's the same for me. I just, uh, yeah. And I, and I held like seven jobs in five years and, uh, that includes a two year break in the middle. So I was actually uh, seven jobs in three years. And so I was like, no, I, I tried this thing. It doesn't work for me. Let me just go and do my own thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally <laughs> with you. I, my sister even fired me. So, wow. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, an, I'm a fantastic business. You owner. still talk? And, oh Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was mutual decision. She just happened to be the one that <laughs> dropped the hammer first. But Great. yeah, no, I'm a terrible employee. I don't play with that uh, well with others. Uh, so yeah, I totally get that. <laughs> but it's been uh, to me, it's one of the more fun ways of kind of taking on the world is just going out there and seeing what you got and seeing who you can bring on your boat and off you go. <laughs> Way yeah, rather and- be the captain. And being a teacher as well, like being a teacher and not willing to take orders from anybody gives me like a double-edged micromanaging <laughs> tendency. Because um, <laughs> I'm used to telling people and teaching people how to do stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like, yeah, I, so the main thing I need, I'm learning right now, or I have been learning is how to be intentionally open to feedback uh, every step of the way. So I have to actually remind myself every single day that I need to listen to what other people have to say. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, your clients will definitely give you that feedback. And if you're smart, you'll pay attention to it because they're also paying your yeah. paycheck. So in a roundabout weird yeah. sort of way, I guess it is like we're <laughs> kind of, we're employees to our clients, but not quite. That's awesome. Yep. 
it's cool. it's trading right it's 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 commerce so one one thing i say to you know that's one thing that is the the foundation of the whole program is that you're always engaging in commerce that's how you avoid being disrupted because if your customers are your trading partners and you know that your trading trading partners are not loyal to anybody they're just loyal to their own needs and wants if you see them that way they're business people uh, whether it's somebody buying an ice cream from your ice cream parlor or whatever right your business partners to your life partners everybody is loyal to their own um, needs and so you know if you go with the intention of like hey okay we are engaging in commerce we are engaging in trade i'm giving i'm giving you something like i'm helping you watch movies at home if i'm netflix and you give me money in return then you won't see yourself as oh i just help people rent dvds right uh, if you if you see yourself as a dvd renting business there's a different mindset versus oh this is this is my trading partner i help him watch movies at home and he gives me money and wow somebody else is offering to let him watch movies by downloading them online or streaming them online and my dvds are not you know are not the best deal on the market for my trading partner he's going to cut that deal off and you know cut a deal with somebody else that's how you can stay resilient against technical disruption because you always have the you know the commerce in the, the the trade in mind instead of this is my business and this is what i do for a living brilliant i love that yes poor blockbusters <laughs> i missed out on that one well and yeah. it is it's a, it's a very um intriguing conversation to have as to how you wrap your brain around thinking in a different way so that you're open to how technology is going to come in and and how you embrace that i mean i was having a conversation with uh, another podcaster just yesterday and we were talking about artificial intelligence and how i think it's going to change the the marketing industry mm. and we had uh, you know a few different conversations on them but i think a lot of people are either intimidated by artificial intelligence or they underestimate what it really is they think that you know amazon running an algorithm is artificial intelligence it's like no that's not a <laughs> <laughs> that's just an algorithm that's just programming we we got that one down pat so how do you think artificial intelligence is gonna play into the business world oh wow uh well if i knew for certain you know i would be doing something way more lucrative than i am right now fair enough but but, but uh, my guess is that uh i think over the next uh, so first of all there's always going to be the early adopters versus the late adopters right so if you if you talk to you know my student who's from the gold mining who's a gold mining executive from south africa you know his his colleagues are used to paper and pen for literally every single thing about their the gold mining industry they've been doing this from you know the 16 1700s and they're like you know this stuff works uh, and there's been and pencils and paper you. and gold <laughs> so. yep <laughs> yep, yep exactly and uh and so that you know an industry like that is probably going to be one of the last few you know ones to adopt ai because they they have to adopt software first right. um i think the i think it's going to be a long tail and uh it's also that ai right now it's not commoditized enough the technology itself is not commoditized enough where anybody can use ai to solve a niche problem that they have right but uh, over the next 5 years i think 
there will be tools dime a dozen like very commoditized tools so that anybody can say hey i have this exact problem for my business that i need to automate it's going to be like if you have a business and you have your business is basically 100 things that in in a to-do list that you have to get done somehow um you're going to be able to you know check off stuff from that list that hey okay this i don't need a human to do anymore or this a human can do better mm. so i think i think it's going to be used in a lot of small niche tasks instead of being like oh this is this whole business is now just run by ai i think that's going to be a rare case and you saying like hey i uh, need somebody to book my meetings um, and I'm going to have an AI email assistant who just helps me uh, schedule the meeting at the right time and that's one task that's taken care of by AI and then another task might be I don't know like be like just use your creativity whatever like small tasks that you find boring and you don't think you need a human being to learn to do um, I actually think they're going to take over things like digital marketing because I mm -hmm. think it's going to be um, with the computing power that they have, they're going to be able to figure out what words work for what people at what time. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's when you have that much data, <laughs> Facebook, Amazon, Google have right now as to what catches our eye, what do we read? What do we spend our time on? What makes us click that button? Mm -hmm. Artificial intelligence has to play into that because it's so quickly commoditized. Like it's, that will you can make money off of it so it makes sense investing in it immediately as the thing so i actually think that it's going to be a lot more um prominent than than a lot of people that i'm having conversations with so i think it's oh, fascinating. Yeah, i think it's something that we need to embrace and figure out how we can play with it um and how we can play with it intelligently yeah, absolutely. And for, for those companies, you know, which are like Facebook, Google, these are at the forefront of, you know, digital marketing and all these things. And a lot of, you know, similar companies out there, you know, yeah, of course, for them, it makes complete sense. And I, and I think they already have a lot of machine learning algorithms running in the background that predict whether you're going to click or not. Um, and uh, that should definitely, that is, I think, the first, uh, the first industry that's going to be really impacted by it. So I completely agree with you. Yeah, okay. it's coming for digital marketers. <laughs> <laughs> oh well we got a we got a few years for a good run of it anyways um but awesome i didn't with any, the amount of gold mines out there and other businesses that are still running on paper and pens <laughs> i need to understand <laughs> what technology is in the first place i think we got a lot of room for you know some heavy duty conversation with you that's awesome well thank you Amon, for being with us here today any parting words for our guests uh, well, yeah, if you're a non-technical person, please give yourself more credit. Uh, you have, I think a lot of non-technical people feel like they're scared of their own technical colleagues because they, the engineers make them feel stupid or whatever that they cannot really contribute to those conversations. You don't, your ideas don't matter and it couldn't be further from the truth. Um, you, you have a very rich, you may have a very rich background and you can contribute ideas that engineers will actually not have. Uh, and you can lead the engineers to solve the right problems. Because here's the thing, you know, from an engineer standpoint, from a technician standpoint, let's say if you had to make uh, a food formula for cats, you could make you could make a food formula that makes cat poop smell better, or you could make a food formula that makes cat poop taste better. And both of them are very interesting technical technical 
challenging problems in their own right. You know, they require technical brilliance. But I suspect that only one of them is an actual useful problem to solve and has a bigger market, right? Uh, so engineers are going to be drawn by the shiniest problem to solve. And you can guide them and you can be the leader, actually, and say like, hey, this is what we need to do. This is what you're building and why. That is a very interesting conundrum, and I can't, <laughs> I can honestly <laughs> say I have never actually contemplated the difference between those two things. And I think there might actually be a market for both of them. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah you always have like... in an apartment niche, might be going, yeah. I don't care if my cat likes the food. <laughs> if as long as it smells like potpourri afterwards, we're fine. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yep. Awesome. So thank you again for your time. Love it. And uh, hope to engage in some more awesome conversations with you again. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. This is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. If you know anyone who would make a great guest for the show, or if you have a question or topic you'd like me to discuss, please reach out to me at michelle at awarenessstrategies.com or connect with me on LinkedIn or Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to our show. I am all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support they need to make it in business. As such, I have Taking Your Business Digital Q&A every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Mountain. To register for that, go to awarenessstrategies.com slash digital. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L. I look forward to meeting you and actually finding out how you are. So see you on the flip side.